0: What would you like the power to
1: do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Hey
1: everybody, it's Richie. And before we start this episode of the show, we of course want to tell you about DraftKings and DraftKings.com. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here and the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the National Football League. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season, all you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's it. Promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet or more on any week one game game this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older New Jersey Indiana or Pennsylvania only new customers only restrictions apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It's Richie here and uh, we got a special show for you here this evening. Corey and I schedule kind of busy this week. So we're going to give you a best of show tonight as we Get ready for training camp, rookie camp, and all that opening here in the coming weeks. So we hope you enjoy this best of episode. Got a couple of topics on hand. We're going to bring back Corey and Kat's discussion about Logan Mayu. We're going to bring back our discussion about our Halloween conundrum that we have facing us coming up here in a few weeks And we'll dive back in a little bit to some of the arena news situation too. It's all on this episode of Sporty with Corey and Richie on the Hockey Podcast Network presented by DraftKings. Hope you enjoy it. Something that's a little bit more intense of a discussion. I know uh, Kat and Corey have a lot to talk about when it comes to this, which is – and Kat, please help me with the pronunciation here. You are our pronunciation expert. But it was the draft pick made – by the Montreal Canadiens at number 31 overall from the London Knights, Logan. Mayu. Thank you. Logan Mayu. Now he, of course, prior to the draft, got a lot of headlines because he was convicted of a, um, where he had taken a photo of a woman who was performing a sex act and shared it without her consent and it was circulated by my you among some teammates and i want to read from this athletic article here where the woman who was the victim in this case um, had a couple things um to talk about um, because i were i want to focus on her here off the top more so than logan i think that's very important to do in these types of situations because oftentimes we tend to forget about the victims in these situations where, you know, most of the time it's Logan's the center of attention or the Canadians are the center of attention when really the story should be focusing on, on the woman in this case. And she's not been named obviously due to, to protect your fi- privacy. But um, Corey Pranham has an article here on, um, on, on her and some of her thoughts. And she said that she said, quote, I do not think that Logan has understood the seriousness of, of his behavior, the woman wrote in an email. The woman said she asked Mayu send her a sincere apology in written form because she did not want to meet with him in person. She said she received quote a text that was no longer than three sentences. She went on to say quote All I wanted was a heartfelt apology for his behavior, and the woman felt that Mayu's subsequent attempts to apologize were done at the behest of team officials and the court. And so it's pretty clear that um, she has not forgiven him. And even though Logan himself said he didn't want to be drafted before the draft, he was still picked. And and I think we all agree on this. Like, in most cases in in sports, the only reason he was selected is because he's good at his job. Allegedly. He can score fucking goals. And you can see that across the landscape of pretty much any sport on the planet. It doesn't matter if you beat women, if you beat children. and I'm, I, In particular, I'm talking about Tyreek Hill and, and Adrian Peterson in this in this instance. But if you score touchdowns, you're still going to get a fucking contract. And that's, that is super, super unfortunate. And I hope Logan Mayu never plays the NHL. I hope he never signs a contract. And I hope that the Canadians – suffer some sort of consequences beyond just bad headlines here for a couple of weeks.
0: So first off, I, unfortunately I don't think the Canadians will um, because uh, Bill Daly was asked about it after the first round um, because like you said, uh, the player did request that teams um, not draft him. And I'm, I'm assuming it was, you know, it, it seemed a lot like lip service, but you know what? That's, that's the first step whether you're since like whether you're sincere or not when you make an apology you have to make it sound sincere and whether you actually want to make a difference like you have to you have to at least go through the motions and it seemed like he was doing that which is impressive Um, to the best of my knowledge Mitchell Miller uh, has certainly not gone through those motions as another player who found himself in a lot of hot water Um, so I think that Logan Mayu at the very least was trying to, trying to give off an example of doing the right thing, whether he believes that he needed to or not. Um, and I, I wouldn't have minded, you know, if he had ended up in the NHL at some point down the line, um, because he ultimately playing in the NHL is a privilege. And I think that you can earn a privilege back, right? I think that you can, earn the right to do what you, what you dream of back. Uh, Just because I don't, I don't want to completely close off the idea of redemption um, for anyone, but I do think you have to earn that right back. And the way that he had worded his his renunciation, right? Um, It didn't sound like he was super sincere yet, but at the very least, he said, I would like to earn that right to play in the NHL. I don't think I have earned it with the way that I handled things so far. So I would like to respectfully request that teams not draft me. And the Canadian said, yeah, but he, he seems pretty good. And we've, we've heard, and it's it's a systemic issue, which I know Corey has some thoughts on too. Um, rumor, I guess not rumor has it, sources told Greg Wyshynski of ESPN that other teams were looking at drafting him in the second round. So outside of the big fanfare filled, uh, first round, they were, they were looking at taking him in the second. Um, and the Canadians I think really wanted him and clearly have no moral compass. So they not only didn't heed his wishes to not get drafted, whether those were truly his wishes or not, but his publicly declared wishes, they, uh, they drafted him in the first round, which is about as public as it gets. And it just kind of seemed like a slap in the face to all of the fans who said that it made them uncomfortable, because it basically said, it's okay. Um, we know that you you said you want to learn. We said that you want to earn it. We're going to make sure you get money. Like, we'll pay you while you're learning it. We'll we'll help you with that. We'll hold your hand. And and we don't see that for a lot of other people who... Uh, for example, come from other sports and other ethnic backgrounds and other socioeconomic levels. Um, We certainly don't see it for people who do not play professional sports, right? We see a lot of people who commit crimes or don't commit crimes. And if they're punished excessively, are told that it's because they deserve it. They shouldn't have done the wrong thing in the first place. Um, And so, I don't know, it seemed a lot like a... Like, I, I don't ever want to say, oh, I never want to see him hit the ice again. Like, I, I hope he never gets what he wants. But I think he needed to earn that right back. And the Canadians basically said, whether you want to earn it back or not, don't worry, we got you. And I think that's that's such a systemic problem in hockey. Because like you said, it, it basically says, if you're good enough, we will give you every opportunity to... To thrive with us, no matter what else you do, and that—that's—that doesn't sit right with me. Um, but I do think it's—it's it's still gonna work out for him because when they did ask Bill Daly, um, he said that a player, based on the current rules and regulations, an eligible player cannot withdraw himself from the draft. He can choose not to sign his entry-level contract, um, but it seems like this player has no intention of not signing it. it. The player cannot legally withdraw themselves from the draft once they have been declared eligible and have signed up for the draft and have submitted themselves. So... Bill Daly basically shrugged and said, well, rules are rules. Uh, this kid couldn't actually take himself out. So if the Canadians wanted to take him, it's now on him to say, no, 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 I don't want this contract, which I don't blame him for saying, yes, give me the money. Cause I'd get that bread too. Like <laughs> that's, that's asking a lot of an 18 year old when the 40 and 50 and 60 year olds that are running the team should be the ones who are doing the right thing here instead. And that's, it's gross. It wasn't the grossest thing that happened on the day of the draft. I think the Chicago Blackhawks general manager, Stan Bowman, surrounding himself with women. Um, he created this like all-female uh, advisement force uh, for the team that has no real name. Like It's a made-up department that he created and then stood up on stage with all these women surrounding him to make his pick. Um, Is essentially the first time he'd spoken and addressed the public uh since the allegations against the blackhawks were made public which is another bucket of worms entirely um i thought that was disgusting uh and then the canadians were just like atrociously disappointing so it's it was a really nasty end to what should have been a really fun day for a lot of kids and i think it took away from their moments too i think it took away from the blackhawks draftees moment it took away from what could have been a really cool redemption moment for logan mayu down the down the road it took away from every kid who was drafted in the first rounds moment and and that's too bad uh hockey seems like it moves forward and then steps back but that's okay
2: that was probably one of the most beautiful things i've heard in the longest time most beautiful thing that was absolutely (laughs) beautiful. I was doing like chef's kisses like in the middle of it. It was just beautiful. Um, I think that the way that Kat just put that is probably the best way I've heard it done so far. I was I was telling them earlier and the fact that like I actually kind of got upset uh, through a lot of the stuff on Twitter and the fact that I felt that it was coming off very cancel culture and the fact that it was very much attacking the kid, attacking the Canadians. Believe me, the Canadians deserve 100% the attack that they got because of the fact that, as Kat mentioned, it really, like, whether the kid was told to renounce himself or if he had the intelligence to renounce himself, that tweet knew better than an actual NHL team in the fact that it took away from so many people and it also brought all of this back to light for the victim as well. It just was ridiculous. But at the same time, like I felt like everything was so uh, focused on the fact that of, of the kid and the team that no one thought to think about the fact that this kid supposedly Came in to this team as a new kid and decided that he wanted to share this around with the entire team as a way to try and fit in. That is a social issue. If he feels the way that he needs to fit in is by showing a picture of of a girl performing an act on him, like and then I and then having to. Sh- give to them her identity afterwards to try and prove to them more. You also have a problem with that team and the fact that they are encouraging that the fact that he, uh, you know, he didn't, I don't think he came into it with malicious intent. I think he came into intent and not thinking about that girl one iota. He was just thinking about what it could do for him, how it could make him seem cool around all of those guys. If he comes into that that on that bus or whatever it was and shows that picture and then says to all of them and their response is like what the fuck's wrong with you dude like that's that's so fucked up then he's not going to do that he's not going to do that again because of the fact that he's not getting the response that he wants from it the you as a as a parent need to raise your kid and say hey you need to show women respect the same respect that you would like to be given like not to be crass here, but like how many men would want a photo of them eating a girl out, going all around to a bunch of girls on a team. No one wants that as a human being. It doesn't matter if you're male, female or anything in between. And so in the fact that you, you look at this as a singular problem between, you know, this team and, and, and this guy, there's so many things with it as a coach. You need to be like, that's not going to happen on my fucking bus. Like this is not what we are about. And it, this is, it, there's so many levels of this. And I think a lot of times we don't see it um, really being brought to light the same way in the fact that like, it doesn't really get charged here in the US. But I I can't tell you growing up how many times I heard about girls that I knew and their nudes circling around a locker room. I can't tell you how many times I've been talked about in a locker room for no Fucking reason other than the fact to rate how I looked on that day. And believe me, not a very little of it was ever complimentary. And that's the thing is you have to go into it something into something that's a societal issue and look at it and be like, what are we teaching our kids here? What are we teaching our boys here? And the fact that for so long it has constantly been, you know, how many, how, how many. Times have you gotten laid? How attractive? And then it doesn't even stop there. It goes, how attractive is she? I guarantee you how it went was we can't see her face in this photo. How hot is she? What is her name? So we can look her up to see how hot she is because it is also not the same level as if you were getting blown by a hot chick. It's a whole nother level that keeps on going up and up and up. So to just blame this kid or just blame this team is such bullshit. And it's a way to ride it out in a way of cancel culture to just say like, you know, these people did wrong. Yes, they did wrong. But there's so many other problems with it. And there's so many layers to this that if you really want this to change and you really want women to get respect, you have to start with the basics and you have to start with Teaching these kids what is right and wrong because otherwise if you just yell at people and then on Twitter and then let it go away, that is not going to teach anything and it's just going to empower the assholes that are the people that like to go into cats' DMs and other people's DMs and try and say, oh, well, you guys just attack fucking men. That's not what it is. What it is is the fact that there is a real problem and denying it doesn't make it any better but also um you know try attacking something and then letting it go after that is also not the right thing there is so many problems with it here and i just think that um you know denying the 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 bigger part of it like systemic racism same thing people want to attack one s- central issue but they don't want to look at it as a whole is is really not giving the brevity that the, the that the situation deserves, and it's also doing a disservice to this kid, who, if he really came into this without malicious intent, but you're giving him all of the the weight of this entire issue on this one kid, that's also not fair to him either.
0: I think that's that's a good point, uh, especially because I think part of it is you know. How we, how we raise our kids. Sure. Um, but we also know a lot of kids who engage in stuff like that, who come from families that if you were to ask the parents, um, they would say, my kid would never do that. And part of it is, I think we, cause we, we should well, be, you know, giving consequences to this kid, but I think we also need to reframe it because the other kids on the team, I'm, positive that some of them were uncomfortable and we know i i think all three of us know multiple people who have played sports who have been in a locker room or on a field or on a rink with people who have shared that kind of photo or who have shared that kind of rumor um trying to fit in uh we've all heard it we've all seen it um And we all know someone who has been in that situation, who has felt deeply uncomfortable with it and knows that it's the wrong thing, but had it framed for so long as don't do this yourself and rather than when it happens, shut it down. Well, I think it's
2: also important because a lot of those parents ship those kids off at 15 to go play in different states and who they're
0: raised by is their coaches and their teammates. That's a, that's a very good point. Part of that parenting right and I'm on a podcast nobody can see my hands. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a she, hand she did she did quote I air quote. quotes for the parenting. <laughs> it is it is the the leadership on the team and it is the coaching staff and it is the training staff and part of that is reminding them that even if they are not the ones who share these things and if even if they are not someone who would consider doing that you have to, like, it It has to be reframed so that when a trainer sees it happen, they shut it down. When a coach sees it happen, they shut it down. When another teammate, when when leadership, when the captain on the team sees it happen, they shut it down. And not necessarily in a way that shames the new kid who's trying to fit in, but in a way that says you really need to rethink about that and i i think about a a fun speech from one of richie and i's underrated favorite shows it's a norwegian show called scam um it's a teen drama for the ages and one of the main characters was talking about being gay and was trying to talk to another character and said oh well you know i'm I'm not like you and the other character that he was talking to is very flamboyant and funny and always dressing up and wearing feathered boas and dancing around with girls and calling everyone his sister and the other that flamboyant character said what do you mean not like me and the the guy who started talking said oh you know I'm I'm gay but I'm not like you gay like I'm I'm different. And that was a, like, that was a conversation that came from a place of bigotry and the way that the other characters shut it down was, I thought, one of the most impactful ways I've seen anybody address a conversation like that. He said, you know, I, I get where you're coming from and you're a good friend of mine, but I think you need to understand. And he brought up why pride is important and why everybody's different, you know, just explained that character's bigotry back to him, didn't call him an asshole, didn't yell at him or try and publicly shame him for it. He just said, you know, I'm upset with what you just said. And I, I think you need to sit here for I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't really think we need to talk right now. Um, But you need to think about what you just said and explained what was wrong. And it changed the younger characters outlook. And I think that's that needs to be a part of the leadership that we see in hockey that kind of that kind of leadership that we right now we kind of don't see it we see guys who say oh you know I I lead by example I would never share a nude that was just a one off this one kid like it was a mistake on his part he was young but I would never do that well if you're the if you're the captain of a team of a guy who does that that's a part of being the captain of the team is sitting him down and saying, Hey, here's why you don't do that. You need to think on this for a bit, because this is not something that I would do. And it's not something that you should do. And I don't think we, I don't think hockey has that kind of leadership right now. I know it's the best sport in the world. You know, people, people love to say that hockey's a class act and a cut above the rest, but I don't, I don't see that kind of leadership in hockey. So,
2: well, and that's, and that's one of the interesting things going forward, like things have changed to kind of be more modernized in in hockey. And, but it's funny because the, the one thing that is kind of a class act is there was a little bit of um, an an older culture of, um, of classiness. And the fact that like uh, as a, as a female who has been around um, multiple sports and around locker rooms and dugouts and stuff i can say that most of the time they are a more respectful i guess you could say to women like outside but in in the way that it gets modernized there are certain things that were always kind of uh kind of along the, like, don't ask, don't tell Mm -hmm. line, you know, like Mm -hmm. a lot of guys knew that they would do this kind of in the locker room. But once you walked outside the locker room, we have to act like class acts. You keep, you keep the two lives separate, Well, I think now that we've gotten to a world of such technology, you are starting to see those lines merge and some of the skeletons in their closet are starting to kind of come to the surface that you never saw before because you would just see them being more of a class act on the outside. And I think this is now the time for them to to pull the class act from the not just out in front of everyone, but actually pull it into their locker rooms as well.
1: Mm hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you guys are that was awesome. That was incredible stuff. Listening to you two talk about that. I, I really appreciate it as a white male in a industry in sports media that is dominated by white males. I feel like me shutting up for the past twenty minutes and letting you guys talk is what uh people need to hear. Um and I just I just wanted to let I think it's cool that our show does this a lot more so than other shows, right? You can get a lot of hockey shows out there. And most of them are white men talking about the sport. And it's fine and dandy, whatever. But the fact that this show can have, like, two women like you two and talk so passionately about about this situation and so intensely for 15 minutes like that is is why I love doing this stuff with you two. Um, and so I was 100% okay shutting up for the past 15 minutes and just letting you two guys talk because that was some, that was truly some of the best and most interesting conversation I think we've ever had on this show. So I, I want to thank you guys for, um, being so honest and open and passionate about the subject. And I hope our Sporty Nation listeners and hockey pod t- podcast listeners go back and listen to that 20 minutes because like, to be honest, like I don't really have anything else to add to what you guys just said there. Um, so kudos to you guys. Thank you guys for saying what you said. And, and I'm glad that we are able to produce this kind of content for the hockey community. I think it's important for for female voices like Corey's and like Kat's to be more prominent and prominent as possible. And I'm, I'm super glad that we can do that on this show. I think that's super important. That the challenge has been laid down by a friend of the show, Jordan, that we have to go to a haunted house with her. Now, I agreed to do it because like, I've never been. I, I think it'd be fun. Like, to just, I, I don't know how I would react. Probably scare the shit out of me. But I was like, "Hey, yeah, uh, we should go," and then you could laugh at us all because she's done the haunted house thing. Quite a bit. I was like, I don't know how I would react, but at least you could make fun of me in the process. And she was like, well, how about this? Uh, I'll go with you if you get Corey, Scotty, and Kat to tag along too. So what do I have to do to convince you to do it?
2: Okay, I have told people this many times many times. I don't do scared well. I I don't watch scary movies. Um I'm not a big person on pranks. Like scared is not one of my things. I do well. Um and it's funny because I always thought because of that reason I would in a fight or flight that I would be the person that would just book it, right? I I kind of am not. Anytime Uh, Like, Scotty's ever, like, surprised me or scared me in any way. But I don't know why. But I always look look like I'm about to karate chop him. Like, I go into, like, a karate stance. I don't know why. It's the weirdest thing I've ever done. But I just feel like you would have to – I don't know. I would need to be relatively intoxicated for you to get me into this haunted house. Because I feel – I don't know. I think – that I hate being scared so much, I would just get mad.
1: Okay, okay, that's so. That's that's the that's what we do here. We we liquor you up in order to do it to get liquid. They call it liquid courage for a reason.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you have me a a bunch of alcohol in. I'll consider it. I feel ballsy at that point. I, okay. It's funny because I, like, I'm the person that I would, you know, when someone's like, oh, we're all going to jump, like, off this cliff into the water, like, and then, you know, everyone stands there and gets, like, scared. I would rather just jump so that I don't have to be scared. You know?
1: That you just want thing. to be over as soon as possible.
2: Exactly. I don't... One, I I feel like I would get angry because I I hate being scared. I, like, this the scariest, I'm trying to think of the scariest even movie I've watched. I mean, I watched Halloween. That's not really that scary. It's more funny. And then I've watched, um, oh my gosh, what is that called? Tell me about the lambs, Clarice. Um, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Um, But that's about... The extent of my scary movie. Um, see, I just... I don't... I'm trying to think of the scariest thing that I've done for like... I don't even like Halloween. Like as a holiday. Dumb. Who enjoys being scared? It's the point of that? Uh, same with uh, April Fool's Day. Dumb. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of alcohol... And then maybe that'll help with the fact that, like, I don't know how I would react in that situation, and I'm afraid I'm going to try and hit someone. Now that I've learned that my fight or flight isn't flight, it's actually fight, I'm afraid I'm going to hit someone, like, instinctually. How close do they get to you?
1: I don't know. That's That's a good question. No idea. Never been to one, so...
2: Because that's what, like, if I was in a situation where they get, like, really close to me, I I may hit someone out of just, like, a reaction of someone being that close to me, scaring me.
1: And that that would be a problem. Cause exactly. When you, when you texted me last night and said, well, I get kicked out if I get scared and punch someone on accident, I asked Jordan, and she was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there are rules against that.
2: See, so that's the thing is I. that's the other thing that gets me is I don't know if I'm going to actually hit someone.
1: But what if you have uh, so the alcohol in you that will. That will change
2: that will that will calm me all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, like you'll still get scared, but like you'll be like a giggly scared instead.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Because you won't
1: really under be under like fully understand what's happening.
2: Yeah, I need something. Maybe steal some laughing gas from a dentist. I don't know. I need something, though. Me going in there completely sober is probably not the most fun you've ever had.
1: Because I was trying to figure out, like, how I would react to it, and the way I described this to Jordan last night, I was like, I feel like, like you guys know me pretty well, and, like, I'm pretty, like, calm most of the time. It's really hard to, like get any sort of elevated type of emotion out of me wh- whatever that emotion may be right and so i have a feeling like i wouldn't scream or jump and be crazy like that but i feel like my heart rate would be racing the entire time and i would just get super nervous cuz that's how what i do during horror movies most times i don't usually get scared or jumpy or anything like that i just get super nervous And so like, I'd probably have to have a fidget spinner with me or something in order order to like get that like weird feeling out out of my body somehow is, is to like, I, I feel like I'd be super like tightened up and like clenching my fists and like my toes. And then that's what I would do. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually scream or like jump or go what the fuck or anything like that. But who knows until I actually do it.
2: That's the thing, as I well another reason why I don't watch scary movies. I hate when people just like scream all the time. I, so it's it's good that you don't that you wouldn't be. Do you think who do you think out of the entire group would be the biggest screamer?
1: Oh my gosh. Uh What if I said, no, it, no, I want be Scotty. Scotty's kind of similar to me. We're like, we're both kind of even keel for the most part.
2: Yeah, that's what like, it, cause that's what it, see, this is why it's hard for me is I'm like you guys and the fact that I'm always very on the same kind of like chill, kind of happy go lucky, a little bit sarcastic type of level i either have that or i've lost my shit like then that's it so i i'm just afraid that it's gonna make me like lose my shit
1: (laughs) so your reaction would be like you talked about anger
2: yes i feel like i'm gonna be pissed i'd be like why the fuck did you guys bring me to this place this is shitty as hell i feel like i'm gonna be angry
1: now so so to answer your question the answer is katharina (laughs)
2: i i could i could see that i uh for some reason i feel like she would get angry though too like she would scream and then she would like start cursing afterwards
1: because i i put this out on the twitter and i said i had a new mission which is to get you guys all to come with me uh so jordan can laugh at us and um jordan replied with uh, uh uh dark sidious palpatine already brought up on this show and, uh, Katarina replied with going to be very cool. when Jordan gets to see me cry in person now to which I found out now that there is a, something called a chicken door, which exists. So that way you can leave if like you get overwhelmed or whatever. And, uh, Jordan said, don't worry. I won't tell anybody, but when Richie needs the chicken door, I will absolutely be putting him on blast. So she has no faith in me whatsoever.
2: I feel like you would be so determined just to get through it, though. (laughs) Even if you wanted to leave it, you would, for for bragging rights, you would want to get through it.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I do not quit anything I do. See it through the finish line.
2: Yeah, that's what I, I think you would still finish it. Anyways. See, that's I I think I think you'd be fine with that. Scotty, I don't know. He even went to go see paranormal activity and shit with his friends. Like that was that not me. So I feel like he would be fine. Uh I I feel like Kat would also be a holder. You know, the the person in the group that grabs other people. Yes. I also feel like she's gonna
1: be a grabber. (laughs) <laughs> oh just don't make it don't let it be me that's all i'm saying don't
2: no i f- i feel like you're gonna be creepishly silent because you're gonna be trying to hold your shit together the entire time <laughs>
1: yes that's actually probably pretty true like i was just kind of saying
2: like you'll be creepishly silent Cat will be the one that's, like, screaming and grabbing people, which is a very normal reaction to have. Like, completely normal. I think mm-hmm. that's what most people do. And then I think Scotty will scream and then get kind of, like, occasionally and then get pissed off when he actually gets scared <laughs> because he's going to think, like, oh, I, I shouldn't have gotten scared.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
2: and then probably be worried about me the other half the time. Um and then I'm a horrible person at being scared. I can on- only imagine telling you what what would occur in that situation whether I don't see myself breaking down into tears though. I just don't I don't see that. I see myself getting mad before I got sad.
1: Yes, I I, I think that's true.
2: So and then Jordan would probably just be looking at all of us like what the fuck is wrong with them.
1: Oh, 100%. Exactly. I think that's why she wants to do it is just to watch us all, watch us all in in massive amounts of pain. It's
2: yeah, th- for her own entertainment. Oh, th- uh, we have picked this apart. We figured out why she wanted to go. She's gone enough times, she's bored and she needs new entertainment.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't think we've solved anything here, ladies and gentlemen, but I don't think I've convinced Corey one hundred percent, but at least I'm gonna I'm gonna keep prodding, prodding at it, and making it making it happen.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna need to. I don't know, Richie. Start following some tipsy bartender, and make me a bunch of very interesting drinks. And and see, here's the thing: I don't even even when I got my wisdom teeth out, my mom didn't want me to get, like, anxious before it. So she told me that I was getting my wisdom teeth out, like, the night before it happened.
1: Right, right.
2: So this is, like, a life thing for me. This isn't even just, like, a haunted house thing. So you're going to have the layers of liquor that are going to be needed to be involved. Very high.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I probably need some whiskeys in me, too, to do it. I, to, I don't think I could do it sober, for goodness sake. I don't know what the rules are on this. I don't know if they can, they can tell you, no, you can't come in. Because if they, like, smell alcohol in your breath or whatever, I should probably look that up, actually.
2: <laughs> I mean, not drunk to the point... Like, you still have to be able... To function in a dark place with people coming at you. So you still have to be sober enough to function in that sense. Because if you were like absolutely gone, I don't think you could make it through because you would get like lost somewhere in there because you're super drunk.
1: Yes, uh, exactly. Exactly. But just nice, nice and, 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 uh, and like, there's a point there where you're just like, um you're buzzing like that's where you want to be just buzzing
2: yeah i not not a full full swifty but like a half swifty very helpful richard i'm going to need to to talk to jordan about this
1: yes she's the expert so if you have any questions ask her
2: right Okay, well, I, I need to know what what I'm going to be walking into in this situation. You clearly are unprepared.
1: Oh yeah, I mean yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> all right, all right. Just end, just end the the episode. I'm I'm now going to start looking this up. It's the
1: thirteenth floor, right? The thing's exist here floor. For forever. Yes. yes. All right. Yep. We're gonna wrap it up. Good night. and Good hockey, everybody.